Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. Drafts is the singular point of capture for me. Any little tiny note, it's my groceries, it's my writing, it's tasks. I'll put those not in reminders, I'll put those in drafts and then I will send it to reminders from there. I use drafts for quite literally everything and I use tags quite a bit to kind of bucket these things into what drafts calls workspaces. Welcome back to another episode of iPad Pros. On this episode, I'm joined by Tim Nahumik, a drafts power user and drafts expert. And we're going to dive deep into drafts and all that you can do with it. And hopefully it should give you some ideas on how drafts can fit into your life And no matter the work you do, find a role for you either at home or at work. So if you've tried drafts in the past and it didn't click for you for whatever reason, give this episode a listen and hopefully you'll have some uses for it by the end. And if you're already a drafts user, hopefully you'll get some fresh ideas on how you can use it even more effectively. Before we dive into this interview, I just want to share a little update. As you may remember, on episode 76 of this podcast that was at the end of March, I shared a little bit about the fourth generation iPad Pro and that I would be looking into selling my second generation 12.9 inch iPad Pro. So a little bit ahead of schedule, I did manage to sell one of my second generation iPad Pros, the larger one, and I have now upgraded to the fourth generation one terabyte cellular edition in silver of the iPad Pro. And it is quite an upgrade, and I will have lots to share on future episodes. I've been digging into USB-C and all of the capabilities that are unlocked through that port, and the hurdles of trying to capture audio, which I used to do with my headphone jack on older iPads in a USB-C only world. So I will have a lot of thoughts uh, to share there in the magic keyboard. I will have by May 1st, it looks like. So a lot of thoughts on the magic keyboard and just using this new modern hardware and how it kind of changes your experience of the iPad. The Apple Pencil 2 is another thing that I've really fallen in love with pencil all over again. And we'll have some thoughts there. So a lot of thoughts coming up on the new iPad Pro with the Magic Keyboard on a future episode. So I just want to say for now, I'm very happy with this upgrade and really looking forward to receiving that Magic Keyboard. As a reminder, if you'd like to support this podcast, there are a couple different ways you can do that. First off, just head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Every review is incredibly helpful to send the right signals to Apple to promote this show more in search. You can also support me financially over at patreon.com slash iPad pros. Every dollar is of huge help. And by supporting the show, you'll get the podcast early. And depending on the tier, you'll also get some bonus content. And if you'd like to send me feedback, you can do that by sending me an email at iPadProsPodcast at gmail.com. And with that, here's my interview with Tim all about drafts. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Tim. All right. Thanks for having me, Tim. This ought to be not confusing at all. Not confusing at all, no. <laughs> <laughs> at least we don't have a third person asking you know, questions to Tim and we have that crosstalk and all that. Can you first introduce yourself and how you generally use the iPad? Yeah. So my name's Tim Nahumik. Very easy to spell. It's just how it sounds. Kidding, of course. <laughs> It'll probably be in show notes. And yes. It's online. I've uh, been using the iPad for a number of years now. I forget when I actually got my first one. I started with the 9.7 Pro. And ever since then, you know, I've been, I utilized that for a while, gave that one to my oldest son, and now I have the 11-inch Pro. And it's effectively my main computer. I do have a 2012 Mac Mini at home for very specific tasks, not even podcasting. Right now, I'm I'm actually just using my iPad to record. You know, I, I prescribe to the Jason Snell and Federico Vitici, uh, you know, kind of setups in a, in a way. 
I actually just use my Mac for some music management and some photo management, and that's really about it. It is my main computer. I use it every day. I use it for both personal and work. So I use it for writing, podcast recording and editing, picture editing, you know, all the consumption and gaming and everything else. But it's, it is my only computer that I use at this point. You mentioned music management. Is that you adding stuff to iTunes Match? Are you an iTunes Match person over Apple Music? Is that kind of your... Well, so I actually, I mean, I do have Apple Music and I do, I do the iTunes Match, right? Or the iTunes iCloud library or whatever the hell yeah. they call it now. There are very specific things. So there are occasional times that uh, my cousin is actually a music producer. Uh, he'll put out a mixtape. Well, that mixtape can't go into the Apple Music Store for download. Uh, very similar to how like something like from Girl Talk would not be allowed in the App Store just because it uses so many samples and all the mm-hmm. all of the copyright law. So what I can do though is through the Mac, I can upload that. Yeah. And that's really, I mean, that that really is the singular use case for that at this point. Yeah, that's what I use my laptop for at this point. It's pretty much the only thing. And it's something I've talked about before, and I hope Apple solves this soon. Well, and I think they could. I really think they could. And, and one of the ways that I actually think they could is via shortcuts. It's a very niche thing for anyone to be able to use that. And if I can do that on my iPad, you know, using files, which isn't, you know, there's a lot of improvement files needs. But if if we can take that kind of concept where I take a file that's I've downloaded and then I can, via shortcuts, add it to my iCloud music library, why not allow for that? It's the last remaining thing, really, that I need a Mac for. I can do everything else with my iPad, maybe some additional accessories or dongles or whatever. Yep. But I can just use my iPad. Yeah. And ideally, they go a step further and let you edit your iTunes match song titles and stuff within the music app itself. But if, if it's just shortcuts to add stuff, that'd be nice too. Even in shortcuts, I mean, not, not dissimilar to something like a, a WordPress action step. You know, there's multiple fields that you can fill out, make it so that you have to populate that as you go and it'll add it. Sure. And, and it's very simple and easy to do. I say simple and easy. I mean, I get that there's some, there's some hurdles here, but if they can allow for that functionality, I no longer need a Mac. Yeah, likewise. So on the iPad, it's your main computer. What kind of things do you use your computer for these days? A lot of this focuses around drafts, task management. Like I said, some writing. Uh, I haven't been writing a whole lot lately, but then also podcast recording and editing, which has been a little bit on hiatus while we're figuring some things out. Yeah, that's been the big things. You know, obviously some consumption stuff like before going to bed and, and I want to watch a show or something like that. But for the most part, it's it's mainly about task management, management of notes and projects and everything, some for work and some for home. And what's your task manager of choice? Right now, it is Reminders. Okay. Um, I have played around to many different degrees with everything from OmniFocus to things to Todoist. I think about the only one that I haven't really given a fair shake to is TickTick. I look at that as kind of like a Todoist. And uh, there's some limitations that I have with my work computer because I do have to use a computer at work, a PC. Okay. I'd love it to be cross-platform for a solution if I was going to use a single 
task manager. Would OmniFocus on the web be a solution for you? Uh, possibly, but the, the biggest problem that I have is so much of my day-to-day. So I work in automotive. I lead a team, uh, has 10 members on it, and I'm, I'm in the vehicle development side of things, so I test. I have to keep track of a lot of things that come in on a day-to-day basis, and sometimes I need to capture that email as a task, not so much that it's a, it's a task, I must do this you know thing. It's a here's a task and I know I have to respond to that, but I need to go gather information. So maybe it's a project now in whatever parlance you want to do, GTD. I need to be able to refer to that email later. And there's very few things with my company switch over to G Suite that I I can't use some of the extensions. So I can't use a a Gmail extension with Todoist. I don't know other than copying and pasting a link for the email, which I suppose I could do. I don't know if I could use something like OmniFocus on the web. So I've actually been using Google Tasks and Google Keep to kind of manage my work stuff. I don't like it. I'm not happy with it. (laughs) I would actually like to sit those engineers down and, and ask them what on earth they are thinking on a regular basis. I have to do something right now. So I'm trying to, because I just actually got promoted at the end of last year, I'm, I'm actually trying to still figure out how can I make all these things at my disposal, whether it be my phone, my iPad, or my work computer, how can I utilize all three of those in some way and tie it together? So that's been a struggle I'm still mm-hmm. that I'm still actually going through right now. was working on it earlier today. Still haven't figured everything out. And is your work based around being at a desk or are you moving around all day long? So it depends. I, I do sit in quite a bit of meetings. You know, why could this have just been an email when it could be a meeting with a bunch of people? I do sit in meetings. There's a, a lot of things where, we're, you know, we have to pull in multiple different teams together, whether it be um, something like an interior team or a, a powertrain team that work on, on various different parts of the car and a quality team. There's there's multifacets to to a larger automotive corporation. And so sometimes my job is pulling all these people together or, you know, working on behalf of the customer effectively to, to make sure the solutions are are good. So my day to day is more meeting, get up, move to the next meeting, sometimes sitting at my desk, sometimes not. And you're in an environment where they do let you take iPads that are not company owned to meetings. Yeah. Yeah. So I I actually have an LTE iPad. So I'm, I mean, I'm using my data. I'm not using the Wi-Fi at work. Yep. Right. They that that's a no no, but I use that and because we do use G Suite, I can utilize that on the web. Okay. It does work out very well to my advantage. It, it's a thin light computer. And you must have loved the iPad OS update with Safari then. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. Actually when that happened, Chrome came off, which I didn't really use all that much, but even all the Google Docs apps, Google Drive app, any of those ancillary apps that Google wants you to download, I just use that in Safari now. Works very well for what I need to do. I'm not managing tons of files. I'm not editing Google Slides to make them pretty for a presentation on there. I'm mainly looking at documents, reviewing documents and data. Very cool. And will you have different windows set up that are different like workspaces for the different Google apps through Safari? Kind of. Unfortunately for me, like it's it's very singular. I'll have Gmail up. I'll have the calendar on another tab. I'll have Drive in another tab. I'll have Keep in another tab. Yeah. I haven't gone as far as to do like multi-window using Safari to do two things at once. The web views sometimes kind of screw up. It annoys me. Okay. And so rather than annoying myself and getting frustrated and angry about it, I just... I'm like, okay, I can use, I can do a singular purpose window 
And then I'll use SlideOver a lot. The only app that I actually kind of wish Google would allow SlideOver in at this point to any major degree is Hangouts. That's one of the things that I actually use as, a, as an app just because it's a little easier than the web version and I can get notifications with it. So with home usage and drafts, what do you use drafts for there? I probably could tell you what I don't use drafts for and that would probably (laughs) be easier. So is drafts your main writing tool? Do you use drafts alongside other writing tools? What does drafts role in your life? What is that? Drafts is the singular point of capture for me. Any little tiny note, it's my groceries, it's my writing, it's tasks. I'll put those not in reminders, I'll put those in drafts and then I will send it to reminders from there. I use drafts for quite literally everything and I use tags quite a bit to kind of bucket these things into what drafts calls workspaces. And then that way I can have different you know, action lists and, and all that stuff at my disposal. It's, a, it's easier for me to work in that way. So rather than have a singular purpose app, so something like Ulysses, where I, I really love that app as, as a writing tool, I don't need to spend that money when I have drafts already. I can just have a workspace with all these different tools at my disposal to use it. And so for me, it, it really fills a lot of voids. Not to say that those other apps are, are not great and other people may want to use them and they may have different ways of working. And that's fine. Use what you like. Right. Yeah. I just really love the idea of here is one app that can really do almost everything that I need it to do. Yeah. So the rest of the episode will focus on drafts. Is there anything before we move to this focus on drafts that you want to mention about working on the iPad? The, the one thing that I can say, like as much as I really do love the iPad, there's there's a few things that I, I'm really anxious to see come to the iPad, specifically around podcasting. I really would love to see, you know, the dual stream so I can record a couple ends of audio and just use my iPad only, not use my phone for anything, not use an extra device to record local audio. Just use my iPad for everything. It seems like the power's there. The framework isn't. That's right. that's what I view it as. Yep. So it's just a matter of time, I think. Maybe iOS 14, here's hoping, but I, I, I don't know if that's the case. You know, and with podcasting, there's... There's some really cool things that you can do right now. Um, I actually have a couple of setup uh, shortcuts, really. I'll, I'll tap a button and it does everything that I need it to on my phone. So when I'm using my Rode XLR that I have, it records that uh, on the local audio from my uh, microphone to the iPhone. And basically it shuts everything down from a cellular standpoint, gets rid of the Wi-Fi, all that stuff. And I can just tap a button effectively in shortcuts, run it, and then I'm set up and ready to go. So my my setup for that is pretty nice. And it's just, I, I wish I didn't have to take those extra steps. And I wish I could just use the iPad for what I can use a Mac for. These devices are very close in proximity to power for like a, an iPad Air and an iPad Pro. Yep. Why not give me that functionality in some way so that that way I don't have to choose to buy both. I'm sure Apple would love me for that, but money money is finite. So I, I, I need to be able to choose the best device that works for me. And what works best for me is my iPad. Yeah. No, that'll be nice when that hopefully comes one of these days. Yeah, let's hope. So Drafts is something that I use quite a bit and something that I treat it as is a very temporary kind of host for this text that I'm sending other places or just having as temporary and it's not something I use for long-term storage. Do you have a workspace that you actually go back and reference stuff that you've used in the past? Yeah, I have a number of 
uh, workspaces, some of which are temporary. You know, when I was actually working on the Drafts 5 review that I wrote for Mac Stories, I had one single workspace for only that. And workspaces, as I was actually writing the review, workspaces was in development. And he decided to to put that in the initial release. And that that really changed the way this app is has fit really in my life and for fit for what I do. So I, I have a workspace for just kind of some general notes, you know, that, that, that kind of is the, the collection. And it's almost like an inbox at this point of, you know, what, what comes in, what are the thoughts, where, where does it need to go from there is, is the inbox for me. But I do have journaling and writing and coding and work. And I forget, probably, I know I have one for groceries now that I just recently set up. So I have a bunch of different workspaces that I can call up. And I actually have keyboard shortcuts for those workspaces so that I can pull them up very quickly. So if I'm sitting in a meeting, let's say, and I need to capture an item to my grocery list, I either have an action or I can go into my workspaces and and write down a few items, whatever it needs to be. The customization of this is really where drafts shines, I think. And a lot of people, you know, like yourself, it's it's a place to capture things and then you send it on from there and you use it for not long-term storage. That's a very okay use case for people to use. In fact, that's probably 90% of the people that use drafts. But for me, I try to make it capture as much as I possibly can. I have workspaces to kind of bucket the function that I want the app to carry out. So I have the general workspace just that it's there that I can pop in and out of that all day. That's fine. My journal is is very specific and, you know, it has an archive of my journal so I can refer back to things later. Writing, again, specific. Those specific things require tags. And so what I've done is anything that's going to go in the journal, obviously, is tagged journal. Writing, same kind of thing. Anything that goes in the writing one gets a tag of writing. However, there there's a second tag for me where one might be a post, one might be research, one might be notes. You know, I, I might have several tags that are kind of almost nested beneath that. And so that that way I can quickly look in the drafts list to say, oh, okay, this one's this one's the writing, the, the actual post. This one's more just the research behind it. And I can distinguish between the different drafts in that manner. So sometimes I, I use tags for nesting things. Sometimes I, I just use them to bucket them in workspaces. And in a few instances, specifically with lists, if I want to keep a, a list of books or movies or TV shows that I want to watch um, or read, I actually have, there's an action that it requires a specific tag. So I just have mine as set as lists, but it will pull up all the, I can, I can type something in a, a brand new draft. I, you know, I open drafts, it pops up a new draft for me. I want to type down, you know, knives out. And then I want to add that to my movies list. What this action does is it adds to a list and this is available in the, in the app, the directory action directory that you can just add it to a specific list and it uses the tags to find the drafts. So it searches for those those specific drafts. That's the main thing. I've seen people utilize tags for a lot of different other things. Maybe they have a tag for some, you know, another app. So uh, I've seen it used for OmniFocus a couple of times where people use that to apply a project that they're working on or a context that they want it to go to or whatever. So they're able to use the tag as some sort of metadata for another app. Okay. Another thing I use it for, as you mentioned with Capture, is... The dictation is amazing. I'll use that at work when I'm 
I need to be looking at one data point and be just saying it to my phone and there might be a long pause before I have the next data point I need to yell at my phone and it's capturing all that without a hitch and it's amazing because I'm in a lot of situations where I actually can't be typing and things like that I'm you know on the go yeah I've, I've actually used that a couple of times for shorter posts not for super long ones but I've had a lot to say. I'm thinking about it on the way home, driving, right? You know, and I don't want to sit there and type on my phone. That's distracted driving. And that I, I, I can't afford to get into an accident and have something bad happen for my kids. That's not something I'm ever going to do. So there's times that I've actually used dictation to dictate posts. And is it perfect? No, of course not, right? But it gets me about 95% of everything that I need to say and captures it all. The magic that he uses to stop and then restart the recording is, is really fantastic, right? It's a, it's a nice little workaround for it. I'll even use my watch sometimes with dictation. It's not as long there, but... Because the screen, when the screen shuts down, it'll stop the recording, right? Yeah. And I think it's about a 30 second time limit on the Apple Watch is, is generally speaking about what it is. But um, I mean, I, I use that a lot for if I need to capture just a quick thought or, you know, for work. I have vehicles that I have to evaluate on any given day and we have a big giant parking lot. I got to park a car and I have to know a spot number that it's in so I can, you know, the next person that takes that car knows where it's at. Yeah. And so my hands might be, you know, I might have a coffee cup in one hand, a bag in the other and I just, I need to be able to use my pinky and I'll tap, I'll be able to tap it. Sometimes I even use my nose, right? Mm-hmm, nose right, tapping yep. is a thing. And I'll do that and I'll be able to record the spot number just simply by doing that has been really great. So it, again, really the, the biggest feature that people don't, it's a small thing in a way, but it's the main reason for using something like drafts. It's just all the different ways you can capture right. from the watch to, to the, the, the app itself Series shortcuts integration, share sheet from anywhere on iOS. It it can really capture everything you need text-wise. Yeah, when Apple rolled out the voice memos app for the Apple Watch, at first I thought, why would I need that? I have a bunch of voice recording apps for my Apple Watch already. And then I realized, oh, Apple's app can just record for hours on end without you interacting with the screen. And isn't that lovely that they have that superpower? Yeah. The cool thing about something like that, and um, not something a lot of people know, and I, it's something that I don't have a, a specific use case for, but I can see a lot of people utilizing. There are third-party apps, I think Just Press Record is one of them, that you can load in an audio file and get the text transcripts from it. Oh, very cool. Right? You could be dictating and then get that voice transcript and then send that to something like drafts to then send someplace else or whatever, you know, you can edit the transcript from there. There are some, some, I guess, different ways that you can utilize the app to, to be able to produce those things. I, I haven't tried that in a while. I heard about it not too long ago. I haven't actually sat down and tried that myself. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt, but I'm pretty sure that's the way that can work and, and you can save some time. Okay. Very cool. So drafts, I saw in a tweet uh, yesterday is now at version 18 and yeah. I was stunned. I was shocked because it feels like just a year ago or so version five rolled out. I clearly have not been paying attention at all to uh, what's been going on in drafts worlds. Well, so in 2018 in April, it's 20 it's April. Yeah. 2018 drafts five was released. Yeah. And then he, he did drafts 5.1, two, three, four, five. And then he started knocking on the door of drafts. 
10, 11, and 12, and 13, and 14. And then he hit version 15. And version 15 was the introduction of drafts for Mac. And what ends up happening is there's some, from what I remember, and my memory sometimes fades, there was a versioning issue between the Mac and iOS. And, you know, I'll be honest, I, I... when he was going through drafts five, I understood why he wanted to call it drafts five, just like how the iPhones are now where, oh, yep, it's the iPhone 11. And then the next one will be the iPhone 12. He wanted a clean break from the previous drafts. It was a brand new app, a new paid for app that you had to get separately. Right. And as you've seen, a lot of people don't call it drafts five anymore. It's just drafts. Yeah. Right. And and it's been a, a gradual progression. And I think his changing to this versioning is has been helpful. So it, this is really drafts 5.18, if you want to call it that. It's just version 18. The next one will be version 19. Right. And, yeah. and so on. And it just is going to make it easier for him in the long run to just delineate. And he's been doing just a, a wonderful job. This is one of those very few apps that does a subscription right. There's a lot of people that, you know, even actually yesterday, I got a nice, wonderful DM from somebody saying that I was wrong on the internet, which was, you know, fantastically wonderful to hear for just giving an opinion. Sure. I mean, that doesn't happen ever on the internet, I'm sure. Uh, it's a first. But, uh, yeah, it's a first. Never, never in the history of the world. This is one of the few apps that really gets it right. And he is just constantly providing, not necessarily breakthrough features all the time, not monumental new features, but a lot of different fixes, usability fixes. And he really listens to the users. And and it's one of those things that I really appreciate his development pace. And also because he's been doing it eh, about monthly is really about where he's at with his pace, maybe every month or two that he's he's putting out something that at least has some little new feature, even if it's minor, like this, this last update, there was, uh, you know, the context menus, which are now everywhere on iOS and Mac. I, I'm not so much a Mac address for Mac user because I don't use the Mac. But one of the biggest things in there was t- the task paper format and, and checking off tasks. And it's a small little update that probably appeases about 1% of users. Yeah. But it's it's a great addition. And with the subscription app model, he's really able to take that app and provide all these little updates instead of stacking them up for a big release later. So it just, it feels like it's, it's a much better, you know, way for him. So what are some of the other big additions that's happened since version 5.0 rolled out? Oh boy, there's a long list. One of the biggest ones, it was, it was all the way back in 5.4, I think they, he added a WordPress integration and that's something that I had wanted for so long. I I had wanted a, a way to not send it to anywhere else but WordPress. I just wanted to send it directly and not through shortcuts because I was even having issues with shortcuts not allowing me to post. It was, I couldn't ever figure that issue out, you know? So I was having, I was just having issues and this solves that for me, right? Furthering on that, I think in uh, 5.5, he, uh, he put out, um, critic markup, which helps me with my writing, just the the way I like to note things, save things. I'm, I'm able to have in line very similarly to how you would have in Ulysses some text that has a different syntax highlighting. So I can I can see it 
I can change it, modify it. And then once I notice that all that stuff is gone, I'm usually pretty much ready to go for the post. So those are some big things. I'd have to actually go through the version history to remember it all. Yeah. There's changes to some things for workspaces. When I originally did the review, I, I came up with something called a, what, what I ended up calling a module. So it was a, a workspace, which uh, for those that don't really know about it, a workspace is just a filtered view of your tag uh, of your tag drafts. So it uses tags to work. And what I would do is I would load that workspace, but then I would also load an action group in the row above the keyboard. And then I would also load a different one on the side. So I'd have all of these these tiny actions or major actions, depending on um, the scenario. I would use those in that manner. Well, now that's something that he's really added to workspaces as as an addition to be able to load action groups. So that's another improvement. There's been a lot of little improvements to say that there's been one major one here or there is uh, is hard to pinpoint. But those are some of the ones that I really have been enjoying. And you mentioned the subscription. So what's the big difference between being a free user and all the benefits you get from the subscription? The biggest things for from what I went through the first time, you can use drafts for free. And there is a wonderful community at forums.getdrafts.com. You know, people put in what they've created. People can get help here and there. There's also an action directory and you can install any of those actions from the directory. The pro version gives you the option to customize those actions. Okay. So there's, you know, for the people that just need to simply capture text and maybe send it somewhere else. I mean, you could download the free version and use the share sheet and send that text. Up. There's probably things you can modify to change that text. It, you could probably use the simple version and the free version for a while. And I'd encourage people to do that, right? It's This is one of those apps where you don't even have to pay to try it. You know, the the entry is, is zero. You, so you could just go ahead and do it and then see how it fits in your life. And you can use it very simply. And then you can reach out to other users and see what more you can do with it. And it kind of can go from there. Okay. Yeah. And it's a monthly or yearly subscription. What's the rate for those people that want to upgrade? So it, I believe it's $1.99, I think, for uh, every month. And then I think it's $20 a year. Okay. Not bad. So since Drafts 5 rolled out, you were previously Drafts user with Drafts 4, I'd imagine. Oh, yeah. Is the workspace is the big thing that's really changed how you use the app or what other things have really changed for you in using this new version? That's probably the biggest thing for me. It, it really is. And I know for some of my friends, you know, probably the biggest, that's probably the biggest thing for, for their use cases as well, even furthered by the, the Mac app that people have been pining over for years that they've wanted. They yeah. wanted that back in version four and three, right. I think. So, but workspaces is really now the power user feature of, of the app. And the custom actions, have you made any yourself or you use the directory to find some? What do you end up using personally? Oh, I have a ton. So in my big review, so I've, I've written a few times for, for Mac stories. So you can search on, on their website for that. I've written on my own site for a bunch of stuff. I have no shortage of, of custom actions, a lot of which I've shared. Sometimes I don't because it might be just a, a, a an action that not really anybody needs. But yeah, like some of my most complex actions I've already published. For example, the WordPress one, I think is like 11 steps or so. Some of it's scripting, some of it isn't. It uses web API calls and, and other things that are, are complicated. But 
when I put it in the hands of someone else, they can just use it as is. And that that's really great. I, I'm, there's a small part of me that really likes doing that. And you you build these actions within drafts itself. You yeah. go and edit and add the different steps that you want to do. Yeah. And now um, it's actually a little easier now. I wish I had it back then when I was developing some of them. Now I can, I can open up that script in a separate window. So I can have oh. that script open. Yeah. Have, have that script open, have a draft open that I'm trying to modify and can, continually run an action on that as i'm modifying it so it's even in a way it's become its own little coding environment and you know when i say coding i'm not talking about for giant web pages and and apps and you know this isn't going to replace xcode for you but for just moving text around and modifying some things it's really nice to be able to go in poke around change an, an action step here or there and and do that a lot of my actions are not overly complex they just make my life easier and that's really, at the end of the day, what drafts is about. It, it, it's just making my life easier to manage. You can install stuff from the action directory in the free version. You can utilize the, the basics that are there. But it, it, you know, it's one of those things that I, I, I look at it this way, you know, and I've, I've told this to people before. So I use drafts for writing. So, you know, people really love uh, Ulysses, like I said before. That's $40 a year. So there's one app. I use uh, drafts to journal and keep my own journal. And I have a lot of the same information with some some shortcuts integration um, with the health app to be able to pull in some health data. I can pull in images. I can do some things via, you know, some links. It's a text editor, so it's not going to capture all the images. Yeah. But I can re- basically replace what day one would give me. And last I checked, I believe that was a $50 a year subscription. And you'll have that journal as a, a workspace journal. And that's, yep. that's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, so... I have that. There, there's some other things going forward that I think I might be able to replace here and there. Um, but even uh, now that I think about it, Fantastical. They just came out and their model is now subscription, which is fine for them to do. And people may use that. I don't need it for what they provide. I don't need calendar sets. I don't, I don't need some of those higher end features. But what I do need is a way to take a bunch of lines and run them through natural language parsing. And I could do that with Fantastical, or I can download an action called the Fantastically Good Event Parser that uh, Peter, I forget how to say his last name. Uh, Peter knows who he is if he's listening. Yeah, He created uh, uh, an event parser and a reminder parser that basically mimic what Fantastical provides in that sense mm-hmm. through the calendar and reminder integration. And I don't need Fantastical. So if I add that tally... So I have basically $130 a year that I'm saving by doing a $20 subscription with drafts because I can customize it. And I noticed one of the actions can be previewing something as HTML web content. Is that something you'll use with WordPress to make sure it looks okay before you send it up? Oh, yeah, yeah. So my typical writing workflow, you know, I'll go through, I'll have an idea and then I'll either create a new draft for the actual post or I'll just build off of that idea in a single draft. There's versioning, so I can actually go back and take a look at some of that initial thought process as I'm writing a post and see, you know, either it's it's changed or I can grab some some verbiage from the previous version or whatever. So um, that's that's helpful. But what I'll do is I'll get that post kind of where I think it needs to be, and I'll preview that in another window. And I'll, I'll, I can make some changes if I need to and, and refresh it. And it, it does that automatically 
It get, takes a couple seconds, but it'll refresh it for you. So it's as close to a live preview as you're ever going to get. But then I'll send it along to WordPress and then I'll view it one more time as a preview on the site just to make sure there's not too much of a difference in, in the movement of the text over to WordPress. With multi-window support, can drafts do live HTML previewing of what you're writing on the same exact draft file? Yeah. So there's there's a way to pop out the preview and it'll update it mostly live it does after you make a change it does take a second for it to just re redraw everything but yeah you can do that side by side oh very cool okay and i'm noticing another action is run drafts for action does that mean there's some actions that still haven't made their way up to the current version or is that well why is that there that that was put in there at the start really for for when drafts 5 was announced so that you could run address for action because there maybe were some complex actions that you ran in dress for it would kick it over to dress for run the action and bring it back okay so at this point it's kind of deprecated in fact uh, you know i think support legacy support for drafts four is going to go away mainly because there's so much more you can do with drafts five and there's so much you can do in the free version that at this point it really doesn't apply to you know dress four is is really kind of done Right. Um, he's he's actually pulling the. From what I understand, he's pulling the uh, action directory for drafts four. It's not going to maintain that anymore. Yeah. And and so really, drafts five and and what will be now known as drafts going forward. It's just it, it that's that's the future now. Okay. And so um, it's a really nice future to see going going forward here. It is. Yeah. Shortcuts. Uh, do you use that much? I know it has extensive support, but do you use that? during your day? I don't as much as I probably should. <laughs> There's times that I will will utilize it because I use a lot of the more powerful automation features of JavaScript and things like that. And I can work my way around that. I don't use it as much, but there are use cases that you can use. So, you know, for example, you can, you can use the dictation feature in shortcuts, dictate in the widget, and then have it create a draft for you automatically so that you can just use the widget and you don't even have to leave your home screen on your iPad. And, and so there's there's some things that you can do to integrate that stuff. I just, I don't get to use, use it often. Okay. So how are you using the calendar integration? I know Drafts does have a calendar integration. It can pull and everything. Can you explain that again, how that works? Yeah. So so I actually have a couple of different ways that I interact with it. I'll give a, a couple of really good concrete examples. Some of the things I do on a regular basis, I will take meeting notes and then I will put in a note to myself to say, hey, you need to create this meeting at this time, right? That, that's when everybody's free. So I can actually kick the single line. I can take a, a single line of the text in my meeting notes and pop up the system interface, basically, that uh, you would be presented in the calendar app. And then I can save that meeting. I can invite people. I can add notes, whatever. So I can do that with a single line of text. I can also take my son's school calendar with the days that he has off. And I can put every single one of those in a, in a separate line, put no school, and then put the date and then slash uh, kids. Uh, very similar to how natural language parsing in Fantastical works to denote the calendar. And I can run that action. And what it'll do is it'll create an event in calendars for every single event that I've, uh, every single line rather, for no school. And what I can do is I can populate my son's days off in about 10 seconds. Where are you pulling that data from originally? So the, the, the text? The or, days off text, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's actually available on their school website. It's a little harder to find sometimes, but I can usually copy and paste it. Oh, just plain text from the website. Okay, gotcha. Yep. 
So I can just do that. And then it's just a plain text. I might modify it just to make it look the way I want it to look. Yeah. But then I, I can run that action and it archives that list so I can refer to it later if I need to. Because it, it, in fact, this year, days off changed slightly. I capture it, though, at the beginning of the year so that that way I just enter it once. I don't have to do every single day. I don't have to go through and keep creating a new calendar entry. I can do it in bulk. And that's a, it's, it's a probably, I use that maybe three to four times a year, but it's something that I do on a regular basis. And how's your usage change depending on what device you're on? Does the iPhone usage, is it much different from what you use it on your iPad for? I think for my iPad usage, that's probably the biggest amount that I use. It's just, it's more screen real estate. The the keyboard shortcuts are, are really key. I played around uh, as this little sidebar here. I played around a lot with different keyboards and I've kind of just gone back to the smart keyboard folio. I got one of the cover buddy uh, cases recently, and that's been really great to kind of protect the pencil. So I have this nice little carry kit, and I kind of really like that, that it's minimal. So I, my my iPad is connected to the keyboard like 99% of the time. So that's why it, it's probably the workhorse. My iPhone is more about capture, maybe occasionally editing something here or there, or pulling from a workspace where I have something either flagged or archived that I need to refer to later. My iPhone's more about quick capture. The, the iPad's where I do a bulk of the heavy lifting. So they are different in some of my actions. I, I make it so that I can pull up things in a little bit different way than the iPhone just because of the device. Mm-hmm. That's a personal preference of mine. That's that's one of those customizable things you can do. And do you have it configured to start a brand new draft every time you open drafts? Is that the same on both devices or is your iPad set to not do that? So it depends on what I'm doing. There, In the bottom of the editor, in the bottom left of the actual editor, you'll see this little eyeball. And that's that's called focus mode. And depending on what I'm doing, I will enable that. So maybe I'm working on a post tonight and I have some research that I'm doing in other apps. And I want to be able to maybe read something and then go back into the draft and type something. And I don't want it to create a new draft because then I got to find that draft and then I have to find where I'm, I wanted to type it in. And then, you know, it just, it slows down the process. Yeah. So at times I will use focus mode at times I won't. So it, it really just depends on, on what I'm actually doing. Okay. And yeah, it's nice being in the toolbar. So visual right there in your face. Right. It's, it's a, it's a visual in the toolbar, but this is one of those things that I'm sure there's an action in the directory, but again, in the pro version, you can create an action that will allow you to activate and deactivate focus mode with a keyboard shortcut. So you don't, you can toggle it on and off without even trying to go up and touch that, that icon. Yeah. You can just do it with your keyboard. And do you ever see drafts adding the ability to incorporate images in any way is that something that you think will just never be there because it's a a simple it's a plain text you know app i have some thoughts on that (laughs) and i've i've shared them with greg i think that's down on the priority list there is a possibility of it happening so here's here's the long and short of it right like obviously drafts is a text editor first and foremost right it that's what it's there for yeah when you add images that starts to get really complicated as to what does it do with that data? Right. Right. Does it export it as a base 64 block of text? Does it, does it export a link? Does it, how does it export it? And if you look at a, an app like uh, Gladys, like one of these, you know, clipboard manager apps, y- you actually have the ability to decide how you want to copy that out. And so it'd be nice 
to maybe add images one day in line so you can see them so that that way you can export it as a link, right? And maybe that's, that's something you up, have uploaded. In the short term, what I do is I just, I will upload that file. If it's going to go as a post, I'll upload that file to uh, my, my, what, my server and then I will just grab the link and then put it in there so that that way I can pull it up in the live preview. So it's a workaround. It's not it's not something how Ulysses or Bear or some of these other note-taking apps work, but I can't do some of the same things in those apps that I can with drafts for text manipulation for other things. It's a trade-off I'm willing to make. Yeah. If that's something that somebody needs, certainly use that. That That's a lot of what I actually use uh, Apple Notes for. That's really the only other note-taking app that I really use, but that's more for things that require images or he- like heavy amounts of images, but those are usually short-term storage, or it needs like PDF files, like a, a shared note between me and my family for emergency contact information or, you know, insurance card stuff or whatever it may be. Yeah. The image thing I was thinking of in regards to using it as a journal, having images would be interesting to expand it out to be more of a photo journal at times. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, there's, Right now, I, I'm using DevonThink as my backend for journaling. So I have DevonThink, and there's there's different ways I want I have it saved. I don't really use it for anything more than that. And so that that actually, as of late, I've been thinking about mm, maybe I don't really need this. How could I do this without iCloud Drive? But getting image links is really difficult. So I'm I, I'm I'm kind of waiting to see if inversion. 14 for iOS that maybe they make it a little bit better to grab image links with, you know, the, the file sharing feature that they promised last summer and still haven't delivered on. Yeah. If I could do that, I might be able to use iCloud drive and just store everything in there and and do it that way. Are there any little gems and drafts that you think most people kind of overlook that you really appreciate that are there? One thing that comes to mind, and, and this is, even more so now with the, the release of uh, version 18, the, the context menus uh, are are something that are really great. It's something that if you haven't tried that feature in drafts in a while, you should try it. And you, you will see that like everything now it has a context menu. So if you're in, in drafts and you tap and hold on the tags, not only can you see the tag, but now you can drag down or you can, you can go down and you can, just you know, tap a bunch of tags if you need to very, very quickly. There are some that are even now nested. They're, they're like nested menus. So if you actually tap on like the, the draft, like the, the little template in the upper left, you can change the syntax and it'll pop up a syntax dialog. If you choose copy, it'll say, well, hey, what do you, how do you want to copy this? That's amazing. I didn't even think nested contextual menus were possible. Right. And then the other thing that I really like is... If you tap, do the same thing for how you would normally slide out the drafts drawer. Now you can tap on that, tap and hold on that, bring up the contextual menu and tap on one of those action groups that you may have and all of your actions are there. So you don't even need to slide open the drawers anymore. It's just, it, yeah. So that's a little gem that actually just popped up recently. That is really phenomenal. Things on the iPad that I really like are just, using uh, command one and command zero to slide the, the drawers in and out um, on the side. So one uh, command one opens up the draft drawer, command zero opens up the action drawer. Oh, that's clever because zero is near the right side of the screen. And yeah, that's, yep. I like that. So it's there are just tons of little things like that. And they're not monumental. They're not 
They're not necessarily super dis- discoverable, but they're not super hidden. It's just the right amount. The uh, the other one that really comes to mind, and the, uh, probably the, the the one that I think is one of my favorites and I use often, is in the bottom of the toolbar on the, in the editor is a, an icon that has three lines and two arrows up down. Yep. And that's called, a, that's a range mode. A range mode allows you to drag and drop lines or, you know, big sections of text. You can do it by sentence. You can do it by block. What's a block? I know what a sentence is. A block is basically like if you wanted to rearrange paragraphs, you can do that. Okay. So it actually looks for a, a line break or like a, a a full line. Yeah, hard a hard return where you hit return. Yep. And, yep. So that has helped reorganize some things here and there for me through editing larger documents. So a, a range mode is just something I use on a regular basis to sort grocery lists, to sort task lists, whatever it may be before sending it to wherever it needs to go. I'll do a lot of rearranging there. Okay. And how do you have your toolbar configured? I, I believe you can add stuff to it is that right you're basically adding actions to the bottom yeah and i forget which version changed this but there's actually uh, so you can have a couple of different things number one you can have a toolbar at the bottom um i i call it the extended row Uh, it's various different names but uh depending on who you talk to but it contains actions and in uh i want to say it was version 15 maybe 16 i don't remember but there's a way to make it visible in that in that list in that extended row, you could have, have it be visible there or not. Um, and so generally speaking, I have an action bar group at the bottom and then I will have a different action group on the side in the action drawer. So I will have two up at any given time. It really changes based on the workspace I'm in. So my journaling one, I have a specific journal action group for writing, very specific action group. But when I go into my writing workspace, I will have the writing action group on the bottom and I will have my publishing action group on the side. So that way everything's at my fingertips for whatever I need to do. So it it really is one of those things that depending on the environment I want to be in, I have different action groups that get pulled up. So it's it's a modular interface for me where I can just I can change that mode very very quickly and pop into what I need to and then I can just I can go back to the general workspace and it's it's kind of just some general stuff that I have some markdown things at the bottom that I might use links you know something to create a link here and there mm-hmm. just some commonly used actions in my general group but there are very specific action groups that I'll pull up whatever context I'm pulling it up for. Is there anything we didn't cover about drafts that you'd like to before we wrap it up? One thing that I can say is like with all the features that there are existing now and if you haven't checked it out I would I would recommend going to uh, drafts website they do have a change log there so you can actually pull that up and see everything that's been going on. One of the things he's teased recently is that there's a there's going to be custom theming and custom syntax formats uh coming to the app so i have a lot to say on that it's actually uh i actually looked not too long ago i have a draft that i started in 2018 right after the app came out where i started thinking about this and what it will allow is something where i can take for example i'll I'll use ulysses again as a great example they have different ways of highlighting text in their app so you can refer to it later. You can look at something that's deleted, added. You might have a comment. You might want to highlight things. I can mimic those syntax highlights, and I should be able to put that into drafts. I won't be able to do some of the cool like Markdown Excel link features of Ulysses, but uh, 
I'll be able to take and, and mimic about 90% of what they have in there. And that'll bring some, some visual clarity to some of what I'm doing. There's going to, you know, so having that ability to change the visual look of the app just based on what your user preference is, is going to be phenomenal. You know, when we think of people that use it for programming or task management or other things, you can start to see that there might be a lot of use cases for customizing the appearance of drafts, aside from even just loading different workspaces and action groups. But you'll be able to change the way the editor looks and how things appear to you based on what kind of, you know, syntax Hmm. you're actually using. So whether it be markdown or task paper or coding in JavaScript, it, it can change all of that stuff for you. And you'll be able to generate your own syntaxes from, from that point. Yeah. So more, more things like CSS and things of that nature going forward. It'll be really interesting to see where users take it from there. Any other cool kind of uses of drafts that we didn't kind of highlight yet? No, I think, I think, I think we covered quite a bit. Hopefully, you know, some people find some some use out of it. And really, I think the, the biggest thing I can say is I just would encourage people to go, if you haven't in a while, check it out, take a look at it, see how it could fit for you. And remember that you can actually really make this app your own. It's not it, it's not so much where you have to change your way of working within an app to fit that lifestyle you know, of that particular app and change your thinking to the app. You can make the app think for you and work with you. You're not working against it. And it's it once you get past that hurdle, it really is something that you can turn into a very powerful uh, personal productivity tool. Cool. And then uh, last question, which app icon do you prefer to use? Oh, <laughs> so I use the, uh, the the standard black. And the only reason why I use that right now is because there was a change. And I, I don't know whether it was iOS 13 or a specific dot release of it. For a while, he had some hidden icons. Yeah. He was one of the first people to do that where it kind of blended into the background. I think he's working on a fix for it. Okay. We'll see. So I'm using that for now. Although the other day he kind of teased an icon and I'm not going to share it here, but if, uh, at least for the show proper, he put out this icon in the, in the beta uh, Slack channel. And I, I, I want that icon now. <laughs> uh, it, it's weird. It's weird. You know, like, Hey, I want image support. Give me that. Give me that. Oh, a new icon. <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's We're very it's, emotional. It's things. Oh yeah, absolutely. So at this point, I really, I, I want to see more icon support. I want to see some of that stuff come, but I won't pester him too much with those things. I pester him enough already. Yeah. <laughs> well, where can people find your drafts five review and your other work that you do? So I would, I would go to maxstories.net and I would just use a little search on there and type in drafts. You'll see, let's see, for, uh, I did a, a review for version five, which is, you know, about 13,000 words or so. And there's an ebook if you're a club Max Stories member. I did a Drafts 5.4 review and I did Drafts 15 review and there's probably going to be more coming in the future. Yeah. Little, little teaser there. And then on my website, nahummock.me where I, I haven't written in a while. Life's been pretty busy but uh, there's there's some Drafts things there. There's a way to search on that site. And I'll, I can I can give you a couple links for the show notes too so people can just pop in and do that. That'd be great. And, then, and I can just be found on Twitter, kinda um, at um, my last name at Nahumic. I'm I'm not on there as frequently as I uh, have been in the past. My usage of that app is kind of dwindling some, but uh, people can find me there. I still get some messages here and there from that, so uh, feel free to find me on there. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Tim. It's been great chatting with you and learning more about drafts. You too, Tim. Thanks very much for having me on. 
Well, that was my interview with Tim all about drafts. Make sure to check out his review over on MacStories.net. Thanks again to Tim for his time recording this interview and sharing from his wealth of knowledge about drafts with me. And thanks to you for your time tuning in and listening to today's episode. As a reminder, you can support the podcast over at Patreon.com slash iPadPros. Every dollar does go a huge way in helping the production of this podcast. And you can also review the podcast over on Apple Podcasts. And with that, thank you so much for tuning in. And I'll talk to everyone again real soon.